Hello and welcome or welcome back to the Ms. Disney Grams podcast. I'm your host Sarah and today I wanted to discuss having breakfast at Akershus before park opening at Epcot and pairing that with being one of the first people in line to ride Frozen Ever After without a fast pass. So Akershus Royal Banquet Hall is one of the couple of options that are open for breakfast in Epcot prior to park opening on most days. So Akershus opens at 8 a.m. for breakfast and the park itself typically opens at 9 a.m. with the World Showcase for the most part opening at 11 a.m. There are a couple exceptions to that and the first one is the Boulangerie Patisserie in the France Pavilion opens at 9 a.m. for breakfast and Frozen Ever After the attraction in the Norway Pavilion opens at 9 a.m. or at park opening as well. And since Frozen Ever After is still the newest attraction at Epcot and is still very popular, it's often difficult to get a fast pass. And also at Epcot, the fast pass system is tiered, so if you get a fast pass to Frozen Ever After, you're not able to get a fast pass for other attractions in the tier one, which include Soren, Test Track, and Illuminations Fast Pass Viewing Area. And so in addition to that, Akershus is typically a pretty difficult reservation to get to begin with. And since the opening of Frozen Ever After, I assume it's probably been more difficult to get a reservation for pre-park. So anytime between 8 and 9 a.m. before the park officially opens and all the crowds will be able to come over and queue for Frozen Ever After. For that reason, I've read that a lot of people have been trying to get early morning dining reservations for a curse use in order to pair that with going right next door to the Frozen Ever After attraction. In fact, the queue for Frozen Ever After starts right next to the entrance for a curse use, so it's very close and very convenient. So if this is a strategy you want to use to ride Frozen Ever After as well as experience a curse use, uh, which is an expensive meal on its own because it is a character dining experience, when you enter you take a picture with a PhotoPass photographer with a backdrop uh, with a princess which I believe most of the time is Belle and that's who I met when I went back in June of 2017 and then you're seated and you meet several other princesses while you're dining and it's an interesting sort of experience in terms of the dining because it's part family style and part buffet Um, so you have to sort of gauge where the characters are when you go to a buffet for a character meal because you don't want to miss them while you're up getting food so it's important to ask your server when you're seated um, what the rotation is for the characters which direction they'll be moving in so that you'll know if they're a few tables away you might not want to get up to get food then so that you can meet the characters now if you're dining at a curse in the morning solely because you want to be able to ride frozen ever after afterward and it's not as important to you to meet all the characters then you can ignore that part but I think it's a really fun experience. I really enjoyed the character interactions I had when I was there. Um, It's really fun to get that one-on-one time with the princesses so I really enjoyed that part of it as well. Another thing to keep in mind if you're going to dine at a Kershus is that it's an interesting food selection. So it's in the Norwegian pavilion at Epcot. Um, So there are some sort of Norwegian style foods available, which I wasn't personally a fan of, but it's something you should probably know about before you go there. Um, If you have a picky eater in your family or it's not something your style, they do have other food that's more traditional American breakfast food. Um, So it's a mix of both, but it's just something to keep in mind if you're picky about what you eat and 
it won't the price won't be worth it to you if you can't eat some of the food so just to give you an idea of what's available the family style platter that's brought to your table includes scrambled eggs bacon sausage and a potato casserole so that's the American style breakfast option that's available and that's all you care to enjoy as well so if that's all you want to eat and you want to have more you can ask your server to bring more and then you can self-serve at the buffet which is a Norwegian smorgasbord and it has a lot of things that I can't pronounce but basically it's a mix of meats and cheeses and that type of thing so salami smoked pork loin Munster cheese Jarlsberg cheese peppered mackerel roast turkey strawberry preserves oil cured olives and salted butter and so those are the things you'd go up and self-serve and I think I remember up there it's not listed on the website but there was definitely pastries up there and things like that I think I got a muffin there might have been bagels and that sort of thing so there are a variety of options depending on what you're looking to eat so if that sounds good to you I would definitely look to book that breakfast um, around the 180 day mark so when it's first available and try to get a reservation that's 8:30 or earlier in the morning on a 9 a.m. park opening day and I think they'll let you into the park early even if you have like an 845 reservation as long as it fits before park opening but just to be safe I would try to get one on the earlier side um, as long as you have a pre-park reservation you'll go to a special line when you enter the park so um, if you're at the main entrance I think the line is all the way to the left hand side um, when you're looking at Spaceship Earth and um, I entered through the International Gateway when I was there there wasn't a different line because it's such a small entrance anyway um, but in either case a cast member will scan your magic band and to confirm that you have a breakfast reservation and that you can be let into the park early and then you'll be able to walk over to the Norway pavilion to sign in for your reservation and even if you don't have a reservation that's right at 8 or 8 15 um, they'll usually seat you in the order that you arrive um, so once you get to the door you'll check in and they'll find your reservation on a list and then you'll be called by your party name to come take a picture with the princess in the entrance first and for pre-park opening reservations, I like to get there very early to try to be one of the first people in line. So even if my reservation isn't right at 8 o'clock, I can be among the first people seated. And this is especially important at a Kershaw's if you want to ride Frozen Ever After afterward. Um, so I think we had an 8.15 reservation, but I was at the International Gateway around 7.35. And then they let us in around 7.50. AM and so it's a little bit of a walk to get over to the Norway Pavilion from both the main entrance and the International Gateway probably be um, about 10 minutes or so um, so I think it's important to get there as early as possible so that you can be one of the first people seated and what I noticed at our Kershaw's is there is sort of a side room that was filled first with everybody no matter when their reservation was it was based on when they arrived at the restaurant so that room was filled first and that's where the princesses were first so our servers were there earlier um, the other rooms didn't start to fill up till closer to nine o'clock I want to say like 8 30 or so 8 30 8 45 um, but that room was the main focus of the restaurant um, during those early hours so we were the third or fourth party seated in that room and there's probably about maybe 
10 or so tables in there and once that room was filled the princesses started circulating and they only stayed in that room for the first 20 minutes or so so we were able to get in and out very quickly so for that reason i think it's very important to be among the first people into the restaurant uh, if you want to ride frozen ever after because by the time we left around uh 8:45 or so um the princesses hadn't gotten to the second room yet so even if you had an 8.30 reservation, you might not have seen any princesses until after 8.45. So then it gets cut kind of close when you want to get over to Frozen Ever After in line. So once we left the restaurant around 8.45, we were allowed to queue for Frozen Ever After pretty quickly. We weren't allowed inside the doors to the attraction, um, but we were able to queue sort of right adjacent to the entrance to the restaurant. Um, and there was only, I think, one or two parties in front of us at that time. So uh, we were among the first people to get on the ride. And then at about five to nine, um, a cast member led us through the entire queue um, into the ride. So. We were able to get on very quickly and I think it was largely due to the fact that we got into that first room in the restaurant and got to see all the princesses and be served among the first people who arrived there. So I can't stress that as being important enough. Um, so even if you don't have as early a reservation as is available, like at 8am, still get there as soon as possible and you could be among the first people seated. Now, while I typically don't prefer to choose to ride an attraction by way of a dining reservation this way, especially in the morning, because the early dining reservations are typically expensive and I want to be able to enjoy the experience and then afterward you're only able to ride the ride once usually um, and it can often feel a little bit rushed um, but however I found that this experience was not rushed at all uh, we got there nice and early we were seated early we received our food early so we had plenty of time to enjoy it um, I was celebrating my birthday so uh, the server brought out a birthday card and a cupcake and I was able to enjoy those things too and have ample time with the princesses so this experience was definitely worth it to me. Um, so something to consider if this is a way you were thinking about enjoying Frozen Ever After and also have people in your family who like princesses. Just to touch on the other ways you can ride Frozen Ever After, um, I first rode it through Standby and Rope Dropped Epcot the morning that I wanted to ride it and that was a really intense experience. I remember it was the August, uh, it was August 2016 which was just a couple months after it opened so it was still at its height of popularity and I arrived at the park um, probably around 7.15 a.m. for a 9 a.m. opening which is absolutely insane now that I think about it but I was the first person in line um, at my turnstile and um, I basically power walked all the way to the Norway Pavilion, was sweating profusely because it was August, and um, got in line and only waited about five minutes or so. But once I got off the attraction, and it's not a very long attraction, but once I got off the attraction, the queue was already completely stretched past Norway into Mexico and to the edge of Mexico almost to the bridge that goes over to Future World. So it was absolutely crazy. So I was glad I was able to ride it, but it definitely was a big commitment just to get there. So I think I would say that even though it's not as crazy now as it was 
last year, it's still a very popular ride and tough to get a fast pass. But if you can get a fast pass, I certainly would recommend that method um, because then even if the ride goes down, which I believe it does somewhat frequently, um, you can, you're able to use that fast pass anytime during the day. So you won't lose your spot in line. So if you wait an hour in line and stand by and the ride goes down, you're kind of out of luck unless you want to wait until it reopens outside of the queue. But if you have a fast pass, you can use it on another attraction or you can come back once the ride reopens and use it then. So I would say that the fast pass is definitely my preferred method of riding Frozen Ever After. In addition to these options, there is a new Frozen Ever After dessert party in the World Showcase at Epcot. And basically this dessert party pairs um, a reserved seating area during Illuminations. Uh, which is the fireworks show that occurs over the World Showcase Lagoon and it includes alcoholic drinks, non-alcoholic drinks, and a selection of desserts that sound really delicious. Um, and then after the dessert party and illuminations, guests of the dessert party will be escorted over to Frozen Ever After to ride the attraction. Um, now this is a very new thing. It just started on July 17th, so it's only been going on for a few weeks when I'm recording this podcast. Um, but it's another way to ride Frozen, which is why I'm guessing that they paired those two things together. For me, I don't think I'll be trying it anytime soon just because, like I said with the breakfast, both parts of the the pairing need to be worth it for me to spend that kind of money. So just to give you an idea, the dessert party is $79 for adults, which is anyone 10 and up, and $47 for children 3 to 9. Um, you also need admission to the park, of course, to attend the dessert party. And while I'm definitely not against dessert parties, and in fact I really enjoyed a couple dessert parties in other parks, um, this one I'm not sure is something that I want to try anytime soon because it is a little more on the expensive side. And just for me, Illuminations is an experience that can really be enjoyed from anywhere around the world showcase, so I don't feel like I need to pay to have um, a good view of the show. So for that reason, I probably won't be trying it soon, but I'm interested to hear if anyone tries it, what they think about the dessert party and pairing it with Frozen Ever After if it's worth it to them. So just to recap, I want to say that I think that uh, pairing Akershus and Frozen Ever After is definitely doable and something to consider if you're very into doing both of those things. I would say that uh, it might not be worth it if Akershus is um, something that seems a little bit pricey for what you would enjoy or what you would get out of it. Um, so only try that if you really want to meet the princesses and you think you'll enjoy the food that's offered there. I think that really is a major part of the experience that'll make it worth the price. Just remember to get there as early as possible and meet the princesses quickly if you want to queue for Frozen Ever after after your breakfast. So thank you so much for listening to today's podcast about a Kershaw's breakfast and pairing that with riding Frozen Ever After in Epcot's Norway Pavilion. I hope you found some information in this helpful. And please follow me on Instagram. I'm at Ms. Disneygrams. And as always, if you want to hear my future podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or on SoundCloud. And I'll see you next time.